0: Welcome to Bayou Business Download, a podcast from the Greater Houston Partnership, where we dive into the data and analytics influencing the region's economy. Today is Friday, June 10th. I'm your host, AJ Mastretta, and I'm joined once again today by Partnership Senior Vice President of Research, Patrick Jankowski. In this episode, we're heading on two very different but critical topics that help shape our economic future, jobs and population. Patrick, uh, thanks for joining me today.
1: AJ, it's always a pleasure to be on speaking with you, and it's always a pleasure to be able to share hopefully some insights that our listeners can use.
0: For sure. Patrick, we we touched on this briefly in our last episode, but we want to unpack it a bit more. What did the most recent jobs report that came out toward the end of May tell us about employment in Metro Houston?
1: I wish I had a whistle or a horn or a siren or, or I could throw confetti on the air. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's it's time to celebrate, AJ. We did really well. Uh, we had a very strong April report. March was revised upward a little bit. February came in strong. Uh, the three months February, March, and March and April were actually the three best months to open a year that we have on record. Uh, we created just shy of sixty eight thousand jobs, and what's critical about that is that sixty eight thousand jobs puts us over the top. We have finally gotten back all the jobs that we lost in the first stages of the pandemic. I mean, gotten back, I mean, we've gotten back to the, the in the aggregate total number of jobs. You know, there's some sectors that are still struggling, but overall we have hot, more people working in Houston now than were working prior to the pandemic.
0: And that's incredible. I think, you know, you and I have talked about this certainly many times over the last two plus years, um, knowing that it was going to take a while for us to regain those jobs, but not knowing what that could look like. It could have been a couple of years. It could have been much longer, right? As we've talked about. So uh, how would you say we fared in this recovery in terms of timeline?
1: AJ, if you and I had done this podcast two years ago, I would have been very depressed. I would not have been spreading good news out on the airwaves. The hole that we dug was so deep. We needed to create 360,000 jobs. You know, in our best years, we created a little over hundred thousand. I was thinking it was going to take us four years to get back all the jobs we lost. We got the jobs back basically in, in, in two years plus one month. We got those jobs back very fast. So it's just testimony to how strong the economy is right now.
0: So the news, as you said, is pretty good. But how does our jobs recovery compare with that of some of our peer cities around the country?
1: Ah, I'm glad you asked me that. So oh, I, I, I love it when I can brag on Houston. We're, we're, we're part of an elite club. We are unique out there. And I, I've got some data. I went and looked at the, the 20 largest metropolitan areas. places that uh, our, our listeners should recognize as being as being big, places like Dallas and, and Phoenix and New York and Detroit and Philadelphia and Boston and so forth. If you take those 20 cities, the 20 most populous, and you calculate the percent of the jobs that they lost, the number of jobs they lost in March and April of 20, and then the percent they've recovered. Houston is in an elite club because we are, are one of seven that's recovered everything. The other 13 are still struggling. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll rattle off the, the seven. This is in no particular order. I'll rattle off the seven that yeah. recovered everything. It's Dallas and Tampa and Riverside, Atlanta, Phoenix, you know, Denver and, and Houston if you look at those that are still struggling the ones that are really struggling are like San Francisco and Washington DC and LA and New York and Minneapolis and Chicago now it's going to take quite a while for them to get back to their pre-pandemic employment levels but Houston's already there we have two causes to celebrate one we've gotten back to where we were prior to the pandemic and the other we're part of that elite group the, the, if this was i guess there's not a sporting competition where it's the big 7 i guess it's the, it's the sweet 16 the <laughs> The elite yeah. eight or whatever. We're we're the we're the special seven.
0: There we go. There we go. I like that. Um and so it tells us a lot about our overall economic health, but it's also telling that both Dallas and Houston, the two largest cities in Texas, have recovered all that they've lost as well, right?
1: Oh, it's not just Dallas and Houston, Austin and San Antonio as well. If you look across the state, there are 25 metropolitan areas in the state of Texas. Some are are kind of small, like Wichita Falls, only 100,000 people. Others like Houston, 7.2 million. Of the the 25 metros, roughly 25 metros in the state of Texas, there are only two of them that haven't gotten back all their jobs. Mm. So uh, Texarkana is one of them and, uh, and Wichita Falls is the other.
0: Got it. All right. So given the trajectory that we're on right now, how do you anticipate Houston will end the year in terms of job growth?
1: Right now we have a lot of momentum. Yeah. People are out there worried about the recession. I I get so tired of hearing people talking about it. They need to stop talking and just get on with their work. But right now at the rate we're going, I hate to say this, if we keep on at this pace, the forecast that I issued back in December, probably too low. Mm. You know, I, I thought would create around 75,000 jobs, but we're probably on pace to create over 100,000. That said, you know, there's things that could upset that if it turns out that the supply chain issues get worse or inflation gets higher or the Fed raises the interest rates too high. But right now, I feel real comfortable saying that my forecast, Edit, it funny, I feel comfortable saying that my forecast is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I feel comfortable saying that 75,000 is probably on the low end and we'll get closer to 100,000 jobs this year should be a great year for Houston.
0: And, you know, as you said, I mean, there are a number of factors that could derail that. But right now, as we sit in at the mid-year point almost, uh, we're looking pretty good. Yeah.
1: The the one thing that has me worried is consumer confidence. I mean, if if you look at hiring, we're still hiring jobs in the U.S. at the rate of 400,000 a month, twice the long-term average. We're still seeing retail sales growing. We're still seeing industrial production going. Uh, claims for unemployment insurance are way down, but the problem is people are, are are talking so much about recession, they're going to talk themselves into a recession. I mean, I've I've been saying this since back in March. The, the biggest, you know, the, the biggest enemy to growth is ourselves and our and our psychological attitude. It's funny, I've been saying it since March. Now you've got Robert Shiller, the uh, no pill economists saying it. So I guess maybe Robert was listening to the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but, but right now the, the, the biggest thing is just songs. We don't have a, a big drop in consumer confidence. We should do. Okay.
0: All right. Obviously recovery isn't the same for all sectors, but can you illuminate for us some of the sectors in Houston that are performing above where they were before the pandemic?
1: Yeah. Let me tell you the educational services that's private education, restaurants and bars, Public education, healthcare, retail trade, transportation, warehousing, they're all above where they were prior to the pandemic. There are a couple that aren't there yet that that are pretty darn close. So if you look at uh, real estate, it's pretty close. Uh, Hotels are pretty close. Professional services, pretty close. The ones that are struggling are the ones that we've been talking about for the last two to three years, construction, Mm. energy, manufacturing, construction. I wish I could tell you what the story is there because the demand is there. The best I could tell is the reason why employment hasn't recovered is because they just can't find the workers. Energy, the, the industry is restructuring. It's no longer based on growing production. It's based on profitability. So they're not out drilling as many wells as they can. Manufacturing struggling because 80% of the jobs we have left to recoup are jobs related to oil equipment and pipes and valves and flanges. Think about it. We always wonder, is Houston's economy diversified? Are we still do depend on energy. The energy industry is still struggling. Houston has gotten all its jobs back in the pandemic. That tells me there's sectors other than energy which is driving this economy.
0: Right, and it is curious what you said about construction specifically. As we look around the city, as we look downtown, other major centers of activity, business activity that is, as well as construction of residential. There's a lot going on, and yet you're seeing not as many workers in the in the field. And it, as you said, it's probably due in large part to just the lack of lack of availability of workers right?
1: yeah it's there's a company Dodge data and analytics that, that gathers up how many construction contracts have been issued in the metropolitan area. through April of this year the first four months of this year there have been over 11 billion dollars worth of construction contracts awarded. this time last year there were just over nine billion the height of the pandemic there were only eight billion. So you can see construction contracts awards are way up. You would think that employment would follow. But if you go to groups like the Associated General Contractors, they serve their members and all their members are saying that there are just not enough trained workers out there. They can't find enough people to go work to job sites. Part of it is we haven't been training people in the skills they need to, to be able to, to weld and to and to hang steel. Part of it is people don't want to work out in the heat. They'd rather hmm. they'd rather work for minimum wage in a inside a, an, an air conditioned store than go out and, and and work for $30 an hour on a construction site.
0: Yeah. Uh, before we continue, Patrick, I want to take a moment to say thank you to our Bayou Business Download sponsor, Fifth Third Bank, for making today's podcast possible. Learn more about Fifth Third Bank and the services they provide at 53.com. That's the numbers 53.com. Patrick, I want to switch gears now to some new population figures we've received from the census. You know, not long ago, we were talking about the ad- additional 69,000 residents to our metro area uh, added in 2021. That really puts us in a unique class, as we talked about, of metros that did add population in what was essentially the heart of the pandemic. So that's something to celebrate. But more recently, we got data on the city of Houston and Harris County. What did that show?
1: Oh, gosh, Uh, this is one of those got to take the good with the bad, AJ. You know, as far as taking the good, we did real well as a metropolitan area. We added 69,000 residents. Uh, part of that is because more babies are being born than die. But part of it is we've got a lot of people moving here. You know, if you want to go look at the data, we actually had you know on net, you know, people move in, people move out. On net, 32,000 more people moved in than moved out. Uh, a lot of metros can't claim that. Uh, New York had, had neg- negative migration, Los Angeles, Chicago, Washington, Philadelphia. The problem is that's the metro area. That's the nine counties. If you break it down, you get a little bit more detailed. Uh, Harris County lost population last year and the city of Houston lost population last year. Uh, We're not unique. If if you look at all the major cities like New York and LA and Chicago and and Philadelphia and so forth, they all lost population. The city of Houston lost about just under 12,000 residents. It's about five-tenths of a percent of the residents. A bit more severe for Harris County. Uh, just to let you know it was close to 45,000 re- more residents moved out of Harris County than moved into Harris County. Mm. So net migration uh, and that's domestic migration that that was pretty bad if it wasn't for people moving here from overseas and if it wasn't for the, the number of births that we had population situation would have been even worse for Harris County.
0: And Patrick, we've talked about this a little bit before, but it is, it's is—it's just always fascinating to me, uh, and it's something that I want to rehash a little bit, that we look at the metro population, uh, it's sort of split into thirds, right? Or has traditionally been a third of our metro population in, in the city of Houston, a third in extraterritorial Harris County, in other words, Harris County not including Houston, and then another third in the remaining eight counties. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, but it's, it's beginning to shift just a little bit. Uh, you're seeing the city of Houston is less than a third, and you're seeing Harris County maybe a, a, about a third. And then you're, you're looking at the other metropolitan, uh, the other counties in the metropolitan area, a little bit more than a third. We are definitely seeing, seeing a shift. Now, a, a, another way to look at this, let me kind of put it in this perspective. In 1991, 76% of everybody who lived in the region lived in Harris County. That's the county and the city, you know, city, right. and city. Now it's less than two-thirds of the people who live in the region live in Harris County, more than a third live outside. So we're, we're definitely seeing more and more shift to the suburbs. And, and Houston's not unique. This has been taking place over the last 20 to 30 years. It's just the pandemic accelerated. It added to it because people wanted to get uh, away from dense areas to avoid getting infected. And people wanted to, if if they were going to work from home, they figured, I don't need to live in this tiny apartment close to the center of the city because I want to go ahead and and be able to to have a backyard and I want to be in my own space. That's one of the things that's driving the housing boom right now.
0: Yeah. When we look specifically at the city of Houston, how does our population loss compare with other major municipalities around the country?
1: Okay, so let let me let me rattle off the numbers. It's it's always a little difficult when you're doing this without a graph, but uh, city of New York, it lost over three hundred thousand people.
0: Mm.
1: That, that's that's three and a half percent of its population. L.A. lost over forty thousand. That's about one percent of its population. Chicago lost forty-five thousand. That right there is about one and a half percent of their population. Uh, but if you go ahead and look, you know, and those are the first three. I told you, Houston, lost a... Just shaft 12,000, but Phoenix added population, and you saw San Antonio add population, mm. uh, uh, Fort Worth added population. Uh, those were probably some of the, the bigger population gains. What's interesting is, uh, let me uh, tell you a little bit of what we saw going on in the state of Texas. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe not just say to Texas. Let's just talk about the, the area around Houston, because there are there are close to 100 little cities and municipalities. I have family from Damon, Texas. If anybody out there is listening and most people don't know that Damon, Texas exists or even where it is unless you have family there. OK, but well, it,
0: stop. Where Where is Damon, Texas? Damon, I, I have not heard that one before either.
1: Damon, Texas is in Brazoria County. It's one of those places. It's so small, it doesn't even have a stoplight. And if you blink, you miss it. That's where my family's part of my family's from. We have family. Okay. Okay. But but let's talk about the bigger cities. If you want to look at the major cities in this region, Houston lost population, Pasadena lost population, Sugar Land lost population, Baytown lost population, Galveston and Friendswood lost population. Now, some of the losses were small. Some of the losses were, were significant. But once again, it gets to people wanting to move out of cities and live in the suburbs there were two cities that bucked that trend and one is Manville down southways and Iowa Colony down southways Manville grew by 20% course, hmm. it only added 2000 residents but it's a small city so and then Iowa Colony added close to 2300 residents it grew 25% so once again this is the smaller cities and being out in the suburbs that's where people want to be
0: so interesting
1: so Patrick, listeners
0: might wonder if the region is growing as a whole, why should we be concerned specifically about population declines in the city itself? Isn't, you know, the region essentially interconnected with the city?
1: You need to have a strong inner core because that's where a lot of the businesses locate. Now you want people to be living in the city because they pay taxes. You want businesses to stay in the city because they pay taxes. You may live out in Sugarland, but I bet you you go to the Minute Maid Park Mm. You may live out in Sugar Land, but I bet if you really need really good medical care, yeah, you can go to the hospitals out there, but you may end up in the medical center. You need to have a strong core to make the region healthy as a whole. Otherwise, what you have is a donut, Mm. a hole in the middle with stuff on the outskirts. And and that's just not healthy. If if you're worried about what happens if, if Houston loses population, just think of Detroit. Yeah. There are people who live in the suburbs of Detroit, but the city itself is really struggling. And so we need to make sure that the city of Houston continues to grow, continues to attract residents, and continues to attract businesses to add to the tax base and to help with, you know, the economic vitality of the region.
0: No, that makes sense. So I know this is a sore topic for you, Patrick, and one we've covered before, but I think it's worth reiterating to our listeners the reality behind a common misconception. And that's that Houston is, quote-unquote, on the cusp of overtaking Chicago as the nation's third largest city. Go ahead and debunk it once again for us.
1: <laughs> okay. This is a myth that, that actually started in the latter, the first part of the last decade, around 2012 and 2013. And that's back when we're in the fracking boom, and the region was adding 170,000 people a year, and a lot of those people are settling in Houston. So people simply extrapolated. Oh, great. Hmm. If we're adding population at the rate of in the city of Houston of 45,000 a year, oh, sure, we'll overtake. That's not happening, Houston is, as you know, losing population, and Chicago is losing population and yeah, one Chicago's losing a little faster than Houston is, but chicago has has close to two point seven million people. Houston has about two point three million people. Mm-hmm. there's still a huge gap, there's still a gap of over four hundred thousand residents right that would have to bridge and so you know, yeah. Yeah, we could bridge it, we could bridge it by Chicago losing and losing and losing and losing population. That That isn't saying that Houston's growing, just simply saying that Chicago's losing faster than Houston is. That's not anything you wanna be proud of. Yeah, we're losing population, but we're not losing as fast as someone else. I mean, yeah, maybe 20, 30, 40 years down the road, we might overtake Chicago, but it's not imminent when people kept on saying that this is something that's gonna happen in the next six years. It sounds great for marketing, it sounds great <laughs> if you're selling homes, Sounds yeah. great if you're trying to attract retailers to the region, but there's no basis in reality in that claim. Yeah. Now, let me ask those of us who live in the city of Houston, do you want to see another 400, 500,000 people come in in the next six six years for us to overtake Chicago?
0: It's a question, but I think yes. for that to happen, we have to become a lot more dense, right? To make <laughs> yeah. that work.
1: Yeah. Imagine, imagine the, the challenges it would pose to us on our infrastructure. If we say, okay, to overtake Chicago, we're going to add another 400,000 residents over the next few years. Boy, the fever is going to be congested. Yeah. Boy, it yeah. would be long lines at Randall's, even in the self-checkout. So. <laughs> All
0: so, right. So it,
1: it, it's nice, but it's not going to happen anytime soon. Maybe in a couple of decades from now, but it's not happening tomorrow.
0: It's, a, it's good to be, to be realistic about what we're putting out there, right? right. Uh, Patrick, thanks for uh, joining me for the conversation today.
1: Hey Jay, it's always my pleasure. And like I said at the top of the podcast, I hope we're providing some insights or some information that our listeners can use. You know, we just want good information out there so you guys can make better informed decisions.
0: Absolutely, and a lot of this data and some additional analysis is available in this month's Houston Economy at a Glance, which is available on our site. Uh, And that's gonna do it for this episode of Buy Your Business Download. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can do so via your favorite podcasting platform or by visiting the podcast page at houston.org. There you'll also find links to recent news updates and data, and learn how you can get more involved in the work of the partnership to make a difference in Houston. Special thanks again to our sponsor, Fifth Third Bank, for helping make this podcast possible. And thanks again to you for listening to Buy You Business Download.